Welcome back everyone to the Madonna Get Together. I am your host Wayne and today we are talking about the music album. We are in a new millennium and I have a great guest to help talk to me about that. He is an expat now living in Gay Paris with his husband. He's a former music journalist and now English teacher. He is a vinyl record collector and photographer who takes unique photography of his vinyl collections. He hosts his own review show of albums on YouTube called Vibology Reviews and Reacts, which include Madonna's work. And our universe is full of stars because this guy was meant for us, so don't tell him to stop because our cosmic systems are about to intertwine. Please welcome Eric Chavez to the show. Welcome. Hi, Wayne. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, you and I, we've been friends for quite a while on Instagram and we talk back and forth and uh, I really like your photography that you take with these vinyl collections and I think you've been reposted by a bunch of um, famous people. Can you tell us about some of those? Well, I don't know about tons, but like the Spice Girls, they did did a repost of one of my photos I took of the Forever Forever album. I took it in Paris in the gay area called... um, uh, Oh crap! The Moray. Sorry, I can't remember anything. Um, I took a photo of the Spice um, Spice Girls album and posted it on my own website. I'm sorry, my own page, and then they reposted it on theirs as part of like a collection. Um, and um, nice. I've gotten comments from celebrities like in Vogue's uh, Don Robinson commented on one of my photos I took, um, and then Taste of Honey, the the the, the, the disco duo from the late '70s. Uh, one of them commented on one of my photos of their album. So yeah, I've gotten some comments, but only one repost. Okay. But, I mean, Spice Girls. That's pretty Spice big. Girls, that's five of them. That's that's plenty. Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if Victoria Beckham has seen my photo. I wonder. Oh, your newest one, right? No, no, I meant the, oh, yeah, oh. that one. No, no, but yeah. I meant the one, I meant the for forever one because it's, it's on their Instagram. Like, you can go to their Instagram and see it. So I wonder if Victoria Beckham has actually... Checked out, nice. her, checked out the Spice Girls. I'm uh, sure they've all seen it. Hopefully. <laughs> well, how are you? How How's living in Paris? Um, it's really great. There are two Madonna record record stores, Lucky uh, Lucky Records and Illogical. Um, I live pretty close to Lucky Records, which is an amazing record store. And they have um, pretty much, it's a, it's a Madonna fan's dream. So there's tons of that. Plus there's like, tons of other record shops all over so it's a great place to be a collector i do have to order sometimes online from the u.s which kind of sucks but overall it's a it's a, like a great place to live if you're a vinyl collector especially mm. for older albums yeah i imagine and here where i live i pretty much have to order everything so um on record store day i do go to my local record store that i think would have it um but i'm not always that lucky so sometimes i end up having to pay one of those scalper type prices. Yeah. Well, today I did want to talk about music. It is the new millennium for Madonna. It's it came out in the year 2000 and you're showing me right now. I I love the album cover. Jean-Baptiste yeah. Mondino did the album cover, which I do want to talk about a little bit of. But before we get there, I want to do the lead up which yeah. uh, the lead up to music which included her making a movie called The Next Best Thing with Rupert Ebert and her releasing two songs, American Pie and Time Stood Still. 
Uh, now, American Pie is a cover by an artist, Don McLean, which I think the original version is like seven minutes long or, or something like that. But Madonna just pick and chose which lyrics she wanted to use um, in her version. And it was actually Rupert Everett's idea. And um, now I know why they're not friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, it, I wasn't a huge fan of it and honestly, still am not. Yeah. Honestly, if, if, if Madonna ever had a season eight moment, you know, when a TV show <laughs> long, they hit the run out of ideas. I think American Pie would have been the first indication of that because it was just a, such a drop down from the quality of Ray of Light. It just kind of seemed like something to do be, between albums, which right. she had this momentum. I don't necessarily think that was needed, especially with Time Stood Still right there. Or yeah. Be Careful, Cuidado Con Mi Corazón with, with Ricky Morton, which was far better than, than American Pie, never got a chance. And that could have been a, a, ma- a massive duet. He was really yeah. hot at the time. I don't, I don't know who her, man, her manager was at the time, but bad decisions were indeed, um, were indeed made. <laughs> I believe it was Chris Henry. Right, that's who was still managing her at the time. I don't know when Guy took over, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I think that American Pie was an unnecessary cover. I mean, <laughs> it's fine for the movie. I get it. It matches the themes and, and whatever the movie for some reason that song is a part of the film. I don't know what it has to do with it. And um, what I don't like about it mostly is the production because you have that annoying flute synthesizer in the beginning, <laughs> which I like those, you know, on Love Don't Live Here Anymore, the remix. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love that. However, they took that instrument and they just did something else. I, I was not a fan of that, but it's not an okay fan. song. It's an okay song. I don't hate it. I just don't love it. But they they recently just released the, uh, yeah, the, remix. the remixes on streaming now. Yeah. All no of deep, the remixes. No deeper and deeper, but let's have a remix. <laughs> <laughs> um, who... Who did it? It was uh, who did the remixes? It was uh, Richard Humpty and and Victor Calderon. Yeah, and they both I sound did. exactly the same. Like I, yeah. I honestly don't really. I mean, if I had heard both of them, I know they're different, but they just sound the same. Like I would yeah. just guess they're the same remixer. I was a Madonna fan, a young Madonna fan in in the South. We had moved to Atlanta at that tw- at that point, and I got. People in my school were like, ugh, it sounds like a cheerleading song because the remixes really make it sound like a cheerleading song with the claps and all that. <laughs> and I was like, I don't like the song. I mean, I, had, I became a Madonna fan in 97. This was 99, so it was kind of a bitter pill to swallow. Um, I don't hate it, <laughs> by the way. Just, were you questioning your, no. your fandom at that point? No, like, I wait, should I be getting into her? <laughs> no, I was still – I mean, I had – at that point, I had collected everything, read books on her, seen her movies, like – it was a done deal. So, um, well, she originally was supposed to do a Super Bowl pre-show and perform oh, the song uh, oh, at wow. the time in 2000, um, and then like a few days later, the whole plan was scrapped because during Next Best Thing. So, I blame Next Best Thing for why she didn't <laughs> go on tour for Ray of Light. Yeah, um, yeah. But what had happened is she was supposed to go on tour after the movie, but what happened is the movie kept getting delayed and then of course she got pregnant yeah so she then decided not to go on tour and she also started making music for the next album music 
so it was kind of like a unserendipitous moment um, where you know things did just did not align the right way around this time. I just I'm not a huge fan of of like this middle part between Ray of Light and yes. um, music. Beautiful Stranger kind of ends Ray of Light for me and music picks up and I forget American Pie and Next Best Thing ever happened. Well, I, I, I like the Next Best Thing as a film and I'm, I, I love Madonna's films, especially the bad ones. Like I do love them. I appreciate them. I enjoy watching them. So I'm glad she made it instead of touring. I know everyone's going to hate me for that. I do like, if the choice had to be made, I'm glad that she went with Next Best Thing. However, everything around that, like you, like you're saying that, the era between Beautiful Stranger and music, it just seemed like a lot of nothing. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like a wait. Because it was such such potential because Ray of Light was really a rebirth for her in so many ways. And then we got 1999, early 2000. It yeah. was just kind of weird. It was, it, was, it was a weird time to be a fan, I remember. Uh, well, I think also what probably was happening is, you know, Ray of Light was so successful. I'm sure there was a lot of pressure to, like, how do I make something just as yeah. large and grand and, and make it feel like really yeah. good for the public and, and for my art and everything like that. And at the same time, you know, she had this movie, she was doing this other song. She was, um, she was pregnant again. She met yeah. a new boyfriend and it was like a speeding train because once music took, like she had her baby and she's like, boom, she's still making videos. She's going out on promo tours and everything i just could not imagine like what that life was like at that point in time because it's sh she was so busy she didn't have any time to do anything else not to mention music was drastically changing in that era yeah so that would have been a difficult thing as well because i mean in from 98 to 99 2000 you're seeing a drastic sh shift in music sounds artists a lot of new artists are coming in popular ones, you know, Britney Spears, J-Lo, uh, Christian Galera, like all these artists are coming in and it's a new no, millennium basically. Like it's definitely, yeah. things were changing fast. So yeah, it would have been a hard time. And then we had Napster. Napster oh, yeah. was getting its ground and people were just basically stealing music. So the music industry was also changing too. Like yes. the music industry um, reacted to what happened instead of was proactive. They were resistant to online streaming and online downloading. Um, they still wanted to hold on to selling these CDs and you know, cassette tapes and, and well, vinyl didn't come back until later, but you know, it, it changed things. And the internet was blowing up too. Like the in internet was still in infancy before 2000, but you know, by 2000, more and more people kept getting their own personal computers at home. Um, yeah. This is still also before, you know, smartphones and, and shit like that. So, yeah. you was... know, there's just so much changing at this time. So it's very um, fortunate that, you know, Madonna is an artist that started in the eighties and now here we are 20 years later and she's putting out new music. And luckily she came out of the gate with what I think is a really good song. I love the song music. Um, I thought it was very uh, inventive, creative, and it made me want to dance. And I think, I feel like this was, yeah, this was a Madonna album that was going to be good once I heard music when it 
first got released. What are your thoughts on the song? Um, I heard it when it leaked. I, I, I had a friend who downloaded it and he played it for me over the phone. <laughs> and um, I listened to it. I was like, what's this? It felt a little disjointed because it was mm-hmm. over the phone. Um, once I heard it like in person, and or, like I think she had a, the video premiere. I think that was the first time I heard the song. Um, I liked the song. I never quite fell in love with it the way that a lot of Madonna fans did. I think it's great. I'm not crazy about the lyrics. They're a little simplistic. Talk, you know, hey, Mr. DJ, put a record on. For me, it's a little like, I don't know. It's a little simplistic. However, I do like the song. I think it's great to dance to. It has a great beat. The, the, the percussion is really strong. And I love the production of the, the electronics and the, the loops and the, the beeps and all that. It's just, it's a great song. However, I wouldn't put it in my top 20 Madonna songs. It's, it's, Okay. It's kind of like it's That's a fair. thing. It, it's it's a great song. It's a great single. I was obsessed with it when it came out because it was the, the new Madonna song. However, I, I think in retrospect, it's definitely like probably like in the lower, maybe like 75 to 50 of her best songs. Like, I know that's pretty low, but like, she has like a lot of great songs. But I just, I was expecting something a little bit better after Ray of Light. I don't know. It just seemed a little trite and a little bit more simplistic than what she had been doing for the past few years. Right. So, and for all the reasons that you don't like it is the reasons why I do, (laughs) because it didn't, I I feel like Ray of light was a very, um, while it had some great high moments, it was a very, um, more serious album. She wanted to show how much of a, you know, musician or lyricist she could be. And I think music was all about just like, having fun going out and partying versus I don't want to bring you down about talking about my, my dead mother. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful transition from that. Like story wise, it makes a lot of sense. Um, like even like at the time, I think it was Nikki Harris was saying, you know, what better way for Madonna to come, come back with a new record than back on the dance floor. Like, right. And I get that. It's just, even like, even I'm not saying that Vogue is master poetry. However, compared to Vogue or Deeper and Deeper into the Groove, I feel like those songs have stronger lyrics than music. I think music is a little first draftish, if that makes sense. I like it, everybody. I like it. I like the song. I love <laughs> it. Um, it's a great song. If she performs it live, I'm there. You know, it's 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 super. It's just compared to like her dance classics, it's just it's a bit of a letdown for me. Like from the previous eras. Um, lyrically, just lyrically, but I like the melody. I like the, I like the chorus. If it's at the club, I'll, I'll dance to it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's actually a really good song to dance to. At first, you would think it's not because of all the weird distortion, but it has mm-hmm. a really strong production. Uh, sorry, a, a really strong percussion production. Yeah, and I think that that has to do with um, Mirways. Yeah, which was a new producer for her, and yeah, so she kind of um, used William Morbitt as her kind of foray into this kind of electronic type music and then yeah. found this other producer, Mirways, um, who, you know, basically wrote and produced all the songs on the record, except for the ones that William Orbit did, which yeah, were only exactly. like um, a um, couple. Yeah, um, because they, they worked <laughs> together on his album um, and they did Paradise Not For Me prior to music coming out. So that was kind of our first right. eight. And I remember hearing that song and thinking – it's bizarre, but I really like it. I really love the chorus. I love the 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 music um, break, not the music breakdown, but the instrumentation after 
after the first chorus and it's like you hear all these weird like i love yep. that i thought it was brilliant and i re- i was like wow that that's a great that's a great direction and honestly i thought it was like a wonderful new sound for her and i i loved it I, it's, it's on okay i won't go into my favorite song <laughs> i guess we're getting there yeah. <laughs> we'll get there yeah, um, I, but music uh Sorry. She said that she was inspired by going to a Sting concert. And oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> she just said, huh, music really makes the people come together. <laughs> yeah, she was saying that he was performing new songs and people were like, well, whatever. And then he performed the classics from um, The Police. And yeah. Everybody just was rowdy and having fun and enjoying each other's company. And I was like, yeah, that's that's typically how concerts work. <laughs> like, <laughs> unfortunately, like I think you know, because you go to a concert and then when they sing their, um, you know, their their new songs or like ballads, you know, people are just good. But then they sing their classics, and everyone is just having fun, no matter who they are. Yeah, um, she did like a she did like an internet promo too, where she just kind of entered the song when she eventually released the single. I don't remember it. It just. It sounded very forced where she was like, I have a new song called Music by an artist called Mirways, and he is the shit. Like, it was just very robotic, the way her voice was. Um, But I remember her opening it up, opening up this message, and it was in her voice that she just said, hey, Mr. DJ, put a record on. And um, if you ever hear the non-distorted version of that opening to the song, it's just her her regular voice just, just speaking those words. Yeah, so I think it's like really cool that that she played on that, and then the video was our introduction to Ali G. Well, most of America into Ali G. I think yeah. a lot of people are already familiar with Sasha Baron Cohen in the UK. What did you think of the video? I like the video. Um, it's not my favorite. <laughs> I'm so negative. It's not my favorite video. It's I, I get what she was going for. I kind of wish it was male dancers instead, but. Because she was kind of reversing the role of like the typical hip hop video where the hip hop guy goes out and there's strippers all over him and you know money, champagne, limousines, gold, and she was kind of turning that around. And um, it's a fun video. I do like it, and I like the animation portion. I think it's really cool and creative. Um, I don't necessarily think LG is the funniest guy, but he's funny in the in the video. I think he fits it well. Like yeah. he doesn't overtake the video. Um, it's well shot. She looks great. Oh my god, we have Nikki Harris. Ah, Nikki so Harris. I love in a her video. So yeah, finally yeah. since Vogue. Yeah, right? and then like I love Nikki Harris. So I mean, to see her was amazing. And then there's Debbie Mazar, who's awesome too. Another see- person that's been in her videos. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of her videos. not a bunch, but yeah, a good amount of her videos. And um, it was a fun video. It was a great video. Uh, but it's not my favorite, if that makes sense. Like I always say, <laughs> um, I would say I I like the way it was done. It's probably not one of my favorite videos. Um, yeah. I mean, she was she's, pregnant, so she couldn't do much. Right? She so she was wearing a big coat, her. covering things, and yeah. I mean, it was cute. I I liked the video. I yeah. don't like um, when I'm watching a video. I don't like interruptions. So, like, if the song's playing, <laughs> I don't like hearing the the sound stop for them to yeah. be dialogue and stuff like that. It's just that that's kind annoying. of be annoying to me. Um, but when it first came out, I was obsessed with the video. Like I just, and I, I think there was a video single, like you go buy the single. Yes. I, I bought it. Um, the DVD. 
And um, yeah, anytime it was on MTV or VH1, I was there watching it and the stories behind it and all that stuff. I just, I was really obsessed with it. At that point, I was like peak Madonna fa- uh, fandom. So yeah. Was... And this was her, this was her second video by Jonas Ackerland. Yes. First one being Ray of Light, which I, is not one of my favorite videos, but also I, music is not one of my favorite videos. I think music was a step um, in the right direction for Jonas. Like, I think that he was getting better at directing. Yeah. And then I think he kind of peaked with American Life, like the, the director's cut, whatever. That's an amazing video. But then since then, I don't care for anything he's done with her because I, I don't like his editing style. However, in the music video... The editing's fine. It's a little, there's a little bit too many cuts. Like he tends to cut a lot, like cut, 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 cut. But that's I where she got a, it from. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he's obsessed with cutting. My goodness. Yeah. Um, he's obsessed with editing, cutting, and it's it's a bit much. But in the music video, it works and it goes with the song. So big step up from Ray of Light. I think music is drastically better than the Ray of Light video. Like, yes, different. I would different. agree different tier yeah um even yeah i know ray of light won the best video of the year but i don't think it should have frozen should have but music is way better than ray of light oh for sure i i would agree wholeheartedly um when the album came out it did get leaked onto napster the the single got leaked but then the whole album got leaked uh, of course, again, in the early days of the internet and Napster and, and things like that. And I remember I had the album a whole month before the album actually came out. Um, and I listened to it literally every single day. I did not. I didn't know it was leaked. Like, I mean, at the time, yeah. I didn't know it was leaked. Yeah, I waited until it came out to listen to it. Not on purpose, not because I'm a good person, but because <laughs> I didn't know about it. I didn't know it was leaked, so I didn't I didn't get a chance to listen, which I think is good sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, you hear it, you hear it. It's, I mean, nothing, I I think she had mentioned, you know, wait till you hear the official version when it's released. You know, it's not going to sound the same. And it was exactly the same. It was the same. (laughs) It was exactly the same. Not like the Rebel Heart um, fiasco where that ended up changing all the songs. But um, yeah, I don't believe anything had changed, but I remember just being in love with this album. Like I thought it was, it was really well produced. It's got really great tracks for me. I, I think there's a lot of um, great tracks on here, and it's oh yeah, it's it's a it's probably in my top ten of albums. De- oh yeah, definitely top ten. Yeah, definitely top ten album. Um, yeah, when I first uh, got the CD, I got the CD on the, re- the day of release. We went to the store, I got mm-hmm. it. It fell out of the bag, so I got to the car and I was like, "Where's the CD?" It had fallen like in the middle of like this little like the road, basically like where the the grass is. Oh my gosh. I had to go back and get it. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't like dangerous. It was just, I dropped it. And, um, but yeah, I got it and I listened to it in the car by myself. My mom was doing her nails in the nail shop. So Mm -hmm. I listened to it in the car. She was doing that my first time. That's fun. Yeah, it was good. I was in, I was in high school at the time. So we would have been in Atlanta. So yeah, it was, it was a good time. I'm trying to think how old was I? I would have been 20, oh wow, 22 at that time. I would have been 14, 14. And so I, um, Tower Records used to do midnight releases, and that was um, one of my. That was the first time I went to a midnight, quote unquote, release of uh, an album for 
at Tower Records, and I remember getting this. I got this, the regular version, and then they had special edition ones where it was like this, um, almost like wrapped in canvas digipack with a big emblem. The emblem that's on yeah. the album, it was like in metal and it was embossed like on there. Um, it almost looked like a, a belt buckle, essentially. Um, oh, and they I, did like four different colors. They did. Okay, yes, yes. They I had did black. pink, black, blue, and yellow taupe? tan yeah, tan. yeah 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 like a, a taupe or a tan. yeah i i had the black my mom got me the black one for my birthday which it was just more photos from the session mm-hmm. and that was it there was no bonus songs or remix it was just i know was i was good. a little bit disappointed in that but at the same time i i, I love the packaging yeah um, yeah that's what we do we love packaging so. <laughs> uh and then a couple years later i so i got the tan one because i just felt like that fit, fit the theme more um and then a couple years later, I think when like Tower started going out of business, they just put everything they had in their collection out, uh, or in their warehouse out, and they had like all different ones. And I just grabbed a pink one, but I never decided to buy any of the others. I was very um, conservative. I'm I'm still a very conservative collector, where it's just, like I'm focused on the music, and then maybe one item that like looks cool. So as long as I have all of the music and all the songs that were on the album, then I feel complete. But I know that there, there are people out there that will buy, like I bought buy the one from Canada, the the one from France, the one from Japan, the the one from Japan is usually the one to get because that's the one that always had extra songs too. Which we'll get into that. And um, yeah, I, I, I am a conservative collector. I suppose I, I, on for music, I got the CD, I have the vinyl, like I think it's a European edition, and then I have, I had, I had the CD with the, the digipack you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like the actual like CD variants or tape, I didn't like buy the tape or different countries. Like it was pretty conservative. I mean, I don't really have the space for all that stuff. So, <laughs> but I do remember at the time uh, there was a local record, sh- uh, sorry, a CD store, not a record shop, and they had a, I think it was a. 30 by 30, like 30 inches. No, it was bigger than that. It was like 60 by 60 inches poster of music, the album cover. And my mom asked them for it because they were taking it down and they gave it to her. So I had, I had that huge poster in my room of the music album cover for years. Oh, wow. Who knows where it is, but it was there. Oh, you don't (laughs) have it anymore? No, I've moved from Paris to LA. I'm sorry, from Atlanta to LA. And I think it just got lost in that. Yeah. And then Paris. So yeah, there's things that when you move across the, the, the Atlantic, you, you tend to lose some things. Hey, so the sacrifice yeah, but, you have to make. Yeah. But that was a cool poster to have. It was massively big. I don't think I made pictures of it because back then you didn't take pictures of everything. So right. It was pretty, it was a pretty big poster. Um, well, but yeah, let's talk uh, about the artwork for a minute because it was Jean Baptiste Mondino that did yes. the artwork that did the photography for it. Um, Kevin Reagan did, the art direction. Um, and I will say that this was the first release that she had put out that did not include lyrics of all the tracks on an album. Um, so instead they did something a little bit more creative where they kind of sprinkled quotes from each of the songs throughout, like in the, the photo book. And I feel like this is the, the only album that stuck with the theme throughout all its releases this this um country western theme 
through the promotion, through all the single cover and artworks, those were all very similar in its style. And I feel like this is this is the one album that found a theme and like latched onto it and held onto it until. Well, she had such a great. The, the art director was amazing. I mean, it it really had a good theme. It was a it was a good one for juicing, basically. Like, and she did, and it was. Yeah. Just, I think it was a successful marketing campaign. Also, there's only three singles, so I mean, I'm assuming if there would have been a fourth like worldwide single, it would have had a similar theme too. But yeah, there's not so many singles, so that's also maybe why. But um, yeah, it's 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 a great cohesive package of a of an era in terms of the artwork and promotion. Well, speaking of a fourth single, I believe uh, it was intended for Impressive Instant, the second yeah. track on the album, to be a single. Um, Madonna wanted an Impressive Instant, and I think Warner Brothers wanted Amazing. And yeah. because they couldn't agree on it, they ended up just scrapping I, I, a, single, I don't a fourth that. single. At this point, Madonna had outsold every female artist in the world. She had a multi-platinum record with Ray of Light, showing that she had sales you know, dominance. If she says, let's do Impressive Instant, why couldn't they give her a minimal budget to do the video, a little bit of investment, put it out, see how it goes? Like, it's a fourth single. Like, come on. Warner yeah. Brothers. So I thought that that was weird. That was weird for this album in particular because um, it was weird because it only got three singles versus other albums that tended to get more, at least four. To be fair, in terms of a single, I couldn't really see Impressive Instant as a single. It's an it's it's a gem of an album track. I love Paradise, not for me, but is it single material in 2000, 2001? Not necessarily. I mean, well, I want every song to be a single in a video, yeah. but in terms of, like, would it actually work in any way and not just be a massive flop? Like, Well, I'd say, of- uh, for me, like, there's there's two two things about singles and so i also consider there to be two two versions of a single there's what's released to the radio and what's consumable like easily consumable by the average person who's listening to the radio and then there's like the visual single where you get the video um and the video sometimes will outshine the actual song track and will overshadow it so the single might become popular because of a great video or um maybe just the song itself stands out more than a video and, and then no one really cares about the video. And I think like in this instant, this impressive instant, um, yeah. <laughs> that ended up just being like nothing. I could see like there being a really good visual video for this. Maybe not something that would be popular on the radio, kind of like bedtime story. Like it was, yeah. it was a great video, but the single kind of like flopped on the airways, yeah. at least in America. Father, I mean, she's she's yeah. done it before, but I mean, honestly, what it feels like for a girl wasn't burning up the charts. It was number twenty. The video was great. Um, I love the violent aspects of Madonna, like how like there's a there's a lot of violent imagery in that era as well. Um, right, and I love that. However, it didn't do well. So maybe at that time, Warner Brothers was losing a little bit of their you know confidence confidence faith and um i mean as much as i want all the songs to be singles and videos yeah i kind of see why also impressive instant would have been an expensive video that would have been like a million dollars at least oh i'd say even 
more than that. Cause yeah, because I mean like, that song doesn't. It's not like she's gonna be on you know in a white room just dancing. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah, it, it would have been interesting to see you know what she could have done with that. Just you know. But my question is, why doesn't she just put her own money up? At that point, you know, if you're, if you're that big of a star, why don't you just put your own money up, and then if it's a hit, they give you the royalties back, because it's your video, essentially, and if it's a hit on the radio as it sells well, then Warner Bros. would kind of just reimburse her. What, I mean, I don't understand yeah. how it works, but you would well, think that... again, at this time, she's going through a lot right now. Not, not... Oh, that's true. Not, like... A lot in the sense that you know she's not her mental health isn't doing well or physical health <laughs> yeah. doesn't do well but she's going through a lot like she just had a baby she wants to go on tour she you know is well hasn't happened yet but she's about to get married and yes. um like all these things are happening so i think she was just ready like okay if that single's not happening let's just keep on let's just keep working and moving okay. towards doing the tour um, yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. even like a a live performance of that song would have been Fine. Like if they just recorded yeah, it from Drown like, um, World Tour and put it out as a single, as a video, no, that, that would have been cool. Really, that was a well done live uh, live DVD. Like yeah. the way they shot that that performance, that was well done. Yeah, it's exciting, but it also doesn't. There's no effects. There's no filters. There's not a thousand cuts. Just Madonna, like dancing lights, awesome. Yeah, um, I meant to ask you this, but like. Uh, just going back to music real quick, did you have a favorite remix of that song? So my favorite remix is the Young Collective remix. Um, there's the edit, which I really like, because I do like edits. Sometimes they can really just jam everything together and just pack yeah. it in. Um, and then there's a the longer remix, which kind of doesn't pack it in. It kind of takes forever to get going. I, don't know. I like the edit. Yeah. Um, it's just more housey. It's more classic house than the H than Hex Hector or um, the other artist like Calderon. I feel Calderon was more progressive house. I'm more into classic house, so right loved it. Um, however, I haven't listened to it like in 15 years, so I don't adore it. It's just definitely my favorite of the bunch. Yeah, and mine would be the Groove Armada remix because I like the opening with the strings and um, and then it just bounces around with the the squibbles and stuff. So yeah, that's um, a good. Song remix it i would have liked them to work with i would have liked them to have worked with her on like other songs like maybe on the american yeah. life record, like for the remixes that would have been yep. cool to see that done because she only worked with them i think once which because madonna was really into ambiance at that time like there was a lot of influence of ambiance music in her remixes and her in her music i liked that a lot but it kind of went away yeah i think after a certain point remixes just became like abominations i mean um yeah <laughs> <laughs> obsolete even like it's yeah it remixes of songs that come out now like i'm just i have not listened to a remix of living for love or bitch i'm a i haven't listened to these like i've never heard them i don't know what they sound like yeah I don't want <laughs> they just sound like a mess to me now now these yeah. days there there can't they're, the remixes i think are coming back a little bit however I, I don't know if Madonna's... I mean, who knows? Maybe Madonna will have a good remix next time. But I have heard good remixes. Like, Diana Ross had a lot of good remixes recently. And, yeah, it's possible. I mean... Well, with this know. remix re uh, revolution, perhaps we are getting some new remixes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's the Frozen remix that's out now. Thoughts mm -hmm. on, on that and the new videos and 
It's indeed, they, they are indeed remixes and videos released by Madonna in the year 2022. They are indeed <laughs> um, I see where Madonna's going with this. It's, it's a wonderful marketing. In the, in the 1990s, people would sample artists, make those songs popular again. But people would be like, who sang it originally? I know this song. Whereas Madonna being in the video on the song, She's saying, "Hey, it's me. You like the song? I'm the one who's. I'm the. I'm the um, chorus. I'm the original artist. Yeah. So go buy. Go stream it. Go. It's yeah. very smart marketing, and she's not necessarily. I don't think it's like hurting anything. It's not tainting her her legacy. And so Mariah, Mariah Carey's already doing that. Like Mariah Carey's fantasy is out with um, I don't know her name, but yeah, it's already being done by Mariah Carey after Madonna did so." It might be a new thing. I don't love it, but it's not necessarily intended for me as a, as an audience. So, Hello, yeah. Fine. And well, the only thing is, she's putting. You know, Sick Kick has had his own verse that he posted to YouTube, and then it was Fireboy, um, and now it's zero seven zero Shake or however you pronounce it. But it's the same song just with them and i'm like just released one long song because it's only like two two and a half minutes just release one song that could potentially be a full-length song and put all of their verses on it and release it because it's just like okay it's almost like i'm just hearing a loop of the same thing with just someone throwing their verse on it when Um, um i'm familiar with um 070 shake or 070 or 070, I don't know how to say it, but um, I'm familiar with their music and they have a lot of great songs out there. So I'm, I'm was just curious, like why didn't Madonna just let her remix the song in their yeah. own way, instead of just throwing a verse on there. It's just, it feels like by, it feels like by 2040, we'll have like frozen part 80. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, by next week we'll have frozen part. Yeah. 80. <laughs> a new remix every week or a new verse every week <laughs> and her and her bitcoin and her new bitcoin and nft yeah <laughs> oh madonna Too all right much. back to music um the third track on the album is runaway lover that is a william orbit track yes and this was the track that i heard where i was like i i think originally when i heard it it didn't feel very Madonna to me. It didn't feel like yeah. a Madonna song. Um, over yeah. the years, I've, I've kind of come around, and I actually like hearing it now. Like, I, I like the song. Um, I just didn't know if it fit in this album. No. If that makes it sense. Does, I, I feel like it was right. It feels rushed. It feels like William Orbit was hired, but he was doing other projects with, like, Melanie C. And he was working on her album at the time. So I think he was rushed and he was working with Pink. I think he worked with Pink at the time as well. No, later, later. But anyways, um, it feels rushed. It feels a little cheap. The, mm-hmm. the yes. at the times, the lyrics are whatever, you know, it just, it's, it's a bizarre song. I get it. They wanted like a more clubby song. However, I don't know how to dance to this song. It's, it's very awkward. <laughs> like, I would have to be pretty, um, pretty tipsy to kind of get it. But it, whereas the first two songs, I think really embody like the dance attitude and the club, the club styles and such. But this song just seems a little out of place. It seems unfinished, I think. Yeah. I like the song. It's just not my favorite. You know, it's, it's definitely in the lower portions of the album. It's one of the ones I would, I wouldn't take it off the album. However, I wouldn't 
I don't rush to get to it. <laughs> well, you don't have to rush too much. It's it's only the third track. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to get to Runaway Lover. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the fourth track though is a song called I Deserve It, and that was written for or her new love, her new crush at the time, who ended up being her husband at the time, uh, Guy. Because she, she likes to say, uh, she just repeats a lot, this guy was meant for me, or this guy has prayed for me. Like, it, And I actually love this song. It's a, it's a really um, nice and sweet song. And Mirway's, this is a, another Mirway song where he didn't want any vocal effect on her voice. So they didn't put any, usually, you know, like when you're doing a track, you do, you do double voices to help strengthen the track or you use reverb or some other, or now Madonna would use, you know, like vocoder or auto tune or whatever. Mm. Um, but this was a song where he was like, no, I just want it to be your pure voice. So, and it comes across that way. I think it was a very smart choice to not put any yeah. vocal effect because it really comes beautiful. through. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's a very beautiful song. Beautiful instrumentation, amazing lyrics. I mean, I, I'm not crazy about the this guy, this guy, this guy, but I get it. So it's right. cute. And his name is Guy, so it's cute. Like, <laughs> and, and I like seeing vulnerable Madonna because she's really in love. And she could tell she was, I mean, she was definitely in the stage of infatuation with the guy. I yep. mean, on paper, I don't see, he's attractive, so I see why she liked him in that way. But he does seem like he probably is a fun guy to be around. Who knows? We don't know because we, we don't know much about the marriage, but. She definitely loved him in the beginning, like a lot. So um, this song embodies that, I think, really well. And it's one of my favorite songs by her in terms of ballads. Just, it's gorgeous. And when she sang it live in the Drone War Tour, wow, that was yeah, amazing. It was gorgeous. It was um, very beautiful. And I think whenever people think of Madonna as like this like shallow pop star, these are the moments that you need to look at. But like, what she has musicality, she has depth. She is an artist. And this right. is like one of those songs on the album that really prove this album is a solid record. It's not just fluff pop. Right. And um, going back to that performance, uh, this was, you know, a, a new thing for Madonna where she started playing guitar. And we'll talk yeah. about Don't Tell Me um, soon because that song actually came after um, I Deserve It in the Drown World Tour. But um, just seeing her pop up on stage and just sitting on a bale of hay and strumming this song and, and singing it, I think was um, something we had never seen Madonna do before in yeah. concert. Like she, she typically was not a person that just like, I'm going to sit down and tell you and sing you a song. I mean, she has moments here and there, but this was a very conscious choice. I'm going to sit down, play guitar. Yeah. And, not just sing, guitar. Yeah. Sorry, not just sing, but play guitar which she had just recently picked up on. And I mean, it was cute. It was a cute Madonna era, like her playing guitar, singing songs about love. Like it was, you know, like it's a sweet era. It's, yeah. it, it's easy to forget sometimes because of how big Confessions was and Ray of Light and American Life. Like there are these very like stamps on her legacy and then you have music in between them. So it kind of gets lost for sometimes, like when I think of her career. But there is a lot of charming moments to this era, and I think I deserve it. And that guitar, strumming it live on a in a barrel of hay, that was that was beautiful. I mean, that's like that's why we love Madonna because she yeah. does stuff like this. Um, by the way, I don't know if this is like out of context or out of the. 
is this is the period where Madonna started talking with the British accent, correct? I think it started a little bit before that. It's like um, 1999. It was. It was. It was during like Ray of Light era, I think. And I think, I think was- yeah, there's there's many interviews where she's now. This might be where some people started to like point it out, and I believe um, when she was on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Um, around this album or maybe it was around next best thing um, where Rosie O'Donnell, Rosie O'Donnell had asked her about it. And Madonna's response was, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I thought it was a cute, everyone hated on her for that. I loved it. It it wasn't hardcore British. She wasn't talking like this, but, but it was, it was like, if you're living in the country, it's going to impact your language, your, your accent. It is. Agreed. and she did it like in a cutesy way. And I think if you watch the next best thing, sometimes you can see it. And she's and she'll say something like, "That's British." <laughs> and um, I thought it was a great. I, I thought it was a great little. Well, don't get me started on next best thing because that will not. <laughs> I, you should do a podcast on the next best thing. Oh my gosh! I I actually will. I'll have you I back was, for that since you love that movie so friend. much. I love that movie. I love Body Vengeance. This thing swept away. She had surprise. She was like, "Girl, I love it." I don't. I don't understand why she filled her gap back in for this movie, though. Like it, it didn't make sense to me. She did it for Evita, which I guess made sense. She was trying to portray this character that everyone had already known who didn't have a gap, and then yeah. the next best thing, her character could have had a gap. Like it's not. Well, the lighting was so bad. Maybe she. Oh my gosh. So Rupert, I'm sorry, really quick. Rupert Everett gets the best lighting in that movie, but Madonna gets the worst. I know. I don't. Know, I don't understand that lighting. That lighting for her is just. And she probably insisted on it. Yeah, she's like, I want it like this. You <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. but back to the album. Um, the fifth track. Uh, it's called Amazing, another William Orbit track, and it literally sounds like it could be a cousin to Beautiful Stranger or yeah. one of the William Orbit remixes of Ray of Light. Like it, it sounded like a repurposed track. Yes. I love it, but it doesn't sound fresh and doesn't sound like it's no. it's new for this album. No, it's very much a rehash from Ray of Light, saying, "Hey guys, remember Ray of Light?" <laughs> It's very out of place. I do like it. I don't love it because, again, the lyrics, it's amazing what a boy can do. I mean, she's at this at this point, she's a mature woman and talking about boys, like, okay, whatever. Um, however, I think it's a good song. It's not my favorite. It's, it's in the lower tiers just because of the chorus. But I do like the intro, the... Yeah. I like that a lot, that, that, that alien sound. It's really cool. Um, this is much stronger than Runaway Lover for William Orbit. However... I don't think we need William Orbit on this album, other than marketing. Right, and I think that's probably why he stayed on. Uh, you know, M- Madonna probably still wanted to continue to make more stuff with him, and yeah. he did for American Pie and Time Stood Still. Yeah. Um, Time Stood Still gorgeous. What happened? Like, maybe they need to more, do more ballads. It would have been nice to have more ballads by them because he, him, he does really good ballads, and I'm not super in love with his dance songs like i do like ray of light a lot however i think his ballads are his bread and butter for that era i, I think amazing is a good song it's not amazing but <laughs> it's, um 
I wouldn't have put it as a single because that would have made Madonna seem, I think, like she was rehashing Beautiful Stranger. It sounds like, I think, I like it better than Beautiful Stranger, but then I don't. It really depends on my mood. Mm -hmm. But I do like both. I think they're good songs. They're solid. It's just, yeah, we didn't need William Orbit. It would have been nice if she would have done the whole thing with Mirway and then, you know, just, like, Cyberaga. That could have been on the album instead. Yeah. And I then another, and then another song. I don't know what song. Maybe a, oh, there. You know, we'll talk about unreleased songs too. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Don't run away just yet, lovers. We will be back next week to finish talking about the music album when we can get together once again. 